Hi, my name is Stephen Terrell and I'm part of the Toomey Terrell Gallery here in San Francisco. In the same way as it can be really uncomfortable for me to communicate to you guys through this camera, posh suits, accents like mine, gallerists and galleries can be really intimidating to the viewer. So here's some tips on how to break down those barriers and to get the art from the galleries into your homes. This is a true story about a young couple, a very young couple, who have more love than money, a lot more. In fact, they have almost no money at all. They live here, at the top of this walk-up, where rents are low and the plumbing antiquated. So how to access art galleries fast in San Francisco? I would say that your gallery guide or your date book on the weekend will show you that galleries are mostly congregated in buildings such as 77 and 49 Geary or in tourist areas such as Fisherman's Wharf and downtown. Often the most accessible galleries aren't a great place for you to start your collection. And you should look into non-profits south of market such as SF Camera Work, New Langton and Southern Exposure Prices are great there. That's a great place to start collecting art. Within these buildings and art collectives, you'll find that there's a, a good collection of emerging, mid-career and established art. What do those terms mean? Emerging exactly that. The artist is starting to show his or her face in the art market. If you like this art, this is the right time to buy it because it's going to be at its least expensive point. Emerging art can start in the hundreds and go to two, three thousand dollars. Mid-career means that these emerging artists stuck with it and they're now in the middle part of their career and we'll see prices emerging from five to fifteen thousand. And then of course established or blue chip art is like good real estate in our city. It continues to go up in value, they tend to be higher priced, but like the stock market, if you're going to invest in blue chip art, Make sure you have all your knowledge and an expert to guide you through this area. So one of our first stops today is one of my most exciting resources for secondary market art. And it's Claire over at Art Exchange located at 49 Geary, where there's a something for everybody collection of art for you to peruse. Even art experts like myself often need to ask the most basic questions. Why is one piece of art $100 and another in the thousands? What defines price? What a very good question. What defines price is not what you would think. It is not quality. It is not size. It is not difficulty of execution. It is not age. So can you guess what it might be? No. It is how well known the artist is. And that raises a lot of questions because who decides how well known the artist is and usually it is the art professionals who decide especially when we're talking about contemporary art it is not popular taste it is what professionals in the field deem important what are art critics looking at what are museums looking at so that you have to kind of follow that scene i think another question that i'm asked all the time is how do I know if I'm paying too much money? How do I know that this 
is worth what I'm, uh, what I'm actually paying for it. And that used to be a total mystery. Uh, it's less mysterious now because we have the internet, which has given us a little bit more transparency. And I think that it's important for you to ask in a gallery, once you've dismissed all the aesthetic questions, like you like the piece, you have room for it, the best question you can ask an art dealer is, on what is this price based? And if the art dealer can't answer that question and answer it convincingly to you, then I think you better begin to look elsewhere or ask other questions. And one other thing to talk about when it comes to art and money, which almost no one ever wants to talk about, is when someone talks to you about art being an investment, you should be highly skeptical because art is rarely an investment. Now, it can be liquid, and there's a difference between liquidity and investment. And the difference is, if you buy a piece by an artist who's already established with a well-known name, and you don't trash it, you can be pretty sure that you could always find another buyer for it. But if you buy something at an open studio by an artist who charms you working with pipe cleaners and trash, and the artist is not well-known, that purchase is not liquid. I don't know if that answers your question. That answers the question very well. Yes. Also explain to us, we see in your gallery a whole source of, of what is known as secondary market art. Could you tell us what secondary market art means? Well, it certainly doesn't mean secondary in quality. It means that the pieces you see in this gallery have been previously owned. I represent not the maker of these works, but I represent the owners of these works, and it may be an individual or an institution. And the reasons people have to find new homes for their art are as varied as the artwork. It is rarely change of taste. When I started this business almost 25 years ago, I thought it would be change of taste, people seeing things they liked better than what they had. It's rarely the case. Mainly, it's change of life circumstances. Marriage, divorce, remarriage, moving, downsizing, needing money. Those are the reasons that individuals as well as institutions find that they simply must part with something they have purchased and lived with and loved. The main place we see the secondary art market is at auction. And most people are familiar with auction. And it's a wonderful resource, reaches a large audience. This gallery is slightly different in that we are able to provide some connoisseurship. We're able to talk to people about the art, let them take it on approval if they want. We're able to hold their hand and show them other pieces by the same artist, maybe in illustrations. Whereas auction is an immediate slam bam and it's done experience. So this is a more user-friendly environment to look and purchase secondary market art? I like to think so. Yes, good. Well, thank you very much. Thank you very much. So now that you're feeling more comfortable with your gallerist and realize it is just a shop for art, I'm just a shop girl with a lot of knowledge, what you want to do is ask the gallerist if they have a secret back room. What's the secret back room? This is where we keep our stable and you get an overview of everything that that gallery shows in a nutshell. You get to understand why this particular gallerist is selecting these artists and you get to see his vision. And we just merely guides. Art is very personal and emotional. You must be true and honest to yourself. When you look at something, what is your immediate response? Do you love this? Does it make you feel happy? We just hear to show you our stable of artists, 
and the choosing is up to you. If you feel like the outsider looking in, you're not alone. Here at the Jack Fisher Gallery at 49 Geary, art is dedicated to the outsider category, and let's find out what that is. Well, here at Jack Fisher Gallery, I have probably about 30 to 40% of the artists that I work with are so-called outsiders. Outsider is a category of art that um, originally began with Dubuffet's uh, collecting of what he called at the time art brute, and then the English had no other word for it, so they called it outsider art. It's art that's done by, at the time when Dubuffet was collecting, it was actually done by the criminally insane. And he would go to all these hospitals and collect what was amazing, amazing work. In fact, there's a museum in Lausanne, Switzerland, dedicated to partly his collection. Um, outsider art is ostensibly the work that's visionary, it's obsessive, it's, um, it's about the inner, inner workings. Um, mostly, there's another category which is naive art, with which I do have some as well, and that's more representational of the outside. Um, I also represent a number of artists that are self-taught, emerging, and contemporary artists. Would this tend to mean that price points are more accessible because they don't have the formal training? Absolutely. Um, this is a pretty good uh, beginning space to come in and sort of begin to build a collection that I can't promise you that in 10, 15 years you're going to have incredible returns on your work. I typically ask that you buy something only because you absolutely love it and can't live without it. And yes, the price points are very different as to what might be a $15,000 painting. You could probably find something here from $300 to $3,000, which is a great way to begin a collection. So really, outsider can be insider. Absolutely. Thank you, Jack. When you feel more comfortable with your art gallerist, like your family doctor or therapist, there's no question that you can now ask some economic questions. Can you get a discount? Is there a possibility of doing a layaway, paying in a few installments? This is common and often done. And also, can you take this home on approval to see how it fits into your environment? It's also okay if your main motivation is to go out and match your sofa. I think this is a human condition. Art gallerists might convince you not to match that sofa and that it's okay. Be sure to go out and view a wide spectrum of art to see what turns you on. Ph photographs and prints are great to start with. They're normally less expensive and it's a great way to start. It's often my experience that when I'm showing art to couples that there's tension in the room. This couple has not even taken time to decide what type of art they enjoy. Could cut the air with a knife and they're staring at each other and hoping that I will disappear so they can have a little banter about this viewing. Well, so one of the ways to prevent this is simply to discuss art before you get to the gallery. Peruse the website, look at a museum, look at some uh, art magazines and decide as a couple what you both like and what you both don't like. So by the time you're in the hot seat, you can make some deft and, and clear decisions. I often feel that a collection is made up 
of anecdotes of all parts of your life, something that your great aunt left you, as well as an expensive blue chip photograph that you bought at auction, will all merge together at the end of the day to form your collection. There's no question to me that art can be as therapeutic as your pets. Well, almost as therapeutic as your pets. And I hope that today you feel encouraged to get out there, view art, remember that it's fun, it's free, and if you see something you like, don't forget to ask the gallerist how you could make it part of your lives.